Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low-cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Alejandra, content marketing specialist at 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of your Wellness Wednesday podcast with 3W. My name is Alejandra, and I'm here again with Helen. Hi, Alejandra. Hello, our CEO (laughs) here. And we're here today to discuss a very, very important topic. I Mm -hmm. think that is not talked about very often, Mm -hmm. which is infertility. Mm -hmm. And Helen, you're so bold and Mm. so brave to come in and share with us your personal experience with infertility. I think it's something, yes, that's not talked about very often, Mm -hmm. more so in maybe our cultures Mm -hmm. as well. And so I'm very interested in learning just your personal experience. And I'm sure our listeners as well will will appreciate your your thoughts and your experience on this. So I'm just going to let you kind of share a little bit. Sure. Um, and then we'll dive into just some questions and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've never thought when my husband and I got married that infertility was something that we would have to struggle through. Mm-hmm. Just never thought that because uh, there the women in my family never had to deal with it much mm-hmm. other than one aunt um, who miscarried, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and couldn't have kids after that due to other medical issues. Mm-hmm. But the women in my family, both sides of my family, all had biological children very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma had 12 kids. I mean, oh like, gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven survived, but just infertility was just not something that was even on my radar Mm -hmm. to worry about, to look into. Mm -hmm. And so my husband and I have been married come come this end of June. We will be married for eight years. Wow. But when we first got married, we waited a year. So we um, practiced natural family planning. But and, and waited a year until we were quote unquote ready because you're never really ready to have a child. Sure. But <laughs> when we felt the healthiest in our marriage to be open and trying for our child. And that was when we were kind of scratching our heads about like, why wasn't I getting pregnant? Mm. Well, you know, my medical history has always been interesting with with specifically reproduction in the sense of i've always have had heavy periods really really bad cramps Mm -hmm. to the point where i have fainted um i know that 
in a month when my period came around that I had to do all this prep work to prepare for it. I couldn't go on trips. I couldn't make it to work. I couldn't go to school um, because I knew one or two days in, in the month I was going to be in a fetal position in bed, just completely debilitated by my cramps. Mm -hmm. And I did not connect it back to my infertility again, because the assumption that there were women in my family that had period issues, Mm -hmm. but it never hindered them from having children. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really pay attention to it Mm -hmm. until three, four, five years into my marriage and I still couldn't have kids. And I, my husband and I belong to a really huge community of people, lots and lots of friends, which means lots of different couples that have gotten married through the years. Right. And they were all starting to have children. So it was really difficult for us to sometimes maintain certain friendships or maintain certain relationships with people because it felt like they were surpassing us Mm. in their marriage milestones. Mm -hmm. And we were still kind of in point A. Right. Even though our marriage has grown, had grown immensely in emotional stability, in um, our relationship with our faith, all of that. It had grown leaps and bounds, but then we still couldn't be fruitful. We still couldn't have children of mm-hmm. our own. And, you know, lucky for me, I uh, belong to a really, really huge family. I'm the oldest of 13 cousins, first cousins. Wow. And I've always had little kids, you mm. know, around me. My sister had a baby recently. And so I was always surrounded by children. Right. It was never my own, but I never, I, I didn't feel this pressure or this need or this void to have my own children until... I want to say the fifth, sixth, seventh year of our marriage where we were just like, I'm getting older and my ability to have children, Mm. the percentage goes down a lot (laughs) to be able to conceive naturally. And so it started us on this journey of having a really honest conversation with each other about like, okay, we really need to take this seriously now. We need to look into things medically. We need to talk to more people who also have infertility issues Mm -hmm. and really take this to, to prayer and take this to heart and say, okay, we, this is, this is our issue right now. And how do we get through this emotional issue together mm-hmm. and you know along the way it, it's very interesting you know and I, I'll get into it a little bit later but a very interesting how my husband responded to our infertility as a man and mm-hmm. as, a, uh, as a husband versus myself as a mother and as a woman wow. you know so the response was very different in some sure. ways too wow which was very interesting but but yeah we still continue to struggle with infertility mm-hmm. and the medical world hasn't really caught up in how to navigate that with, with their patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, we, we still continue to yeah. struggle and deal with it mm-hmm. in, in our ways. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. That, thank you for sharing that. It kind of gives us a background on just your personal experience. Mm-hmm. But how would you say um, kind of what you were talking about with you and your husband having mm-hmm. those different reactions? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the woman's typical reaction mm-hmm. to realizing, oh, mm-hmm. This is harder than I thought it was. Right. You know, and what is, what was his reaction in that instance? Yeah. You know, we got married in our twenties. So infertility again was never something we thought we'd have to deal with. Right. Cause we were just like, oh, we have so much time to figure it out. And we're both really healthy. We go to the doctors, we take good care of ourselves. Like It'll yeah. come when it comes. Right, right. And um, it, like I said, it wasn't until we were starting to try did we go, wow, it's not happening. And for my husband, you know, I think for him, he still was in that mentality of like, it'll happen when it happens. Right. And in some ways for men, their their fertility and their reproduction is not as in their face as women. Mm-hmm. We, you know, that saying of like, <laughs> your your reproduction is, time is ticking. Right. You know, yes. there's going to be a time where you're no longer able to have children or harder to have children as you get later into your 30s. Well, medically, that's all true your your ability to naturally conceive or to have children um drops mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and declines for men that doesn't really happen i mean we see men in their 60s still being able to have kids, have kids. and so for my husband it wasn't as a alarming kind of like okay you no longer have um time to kind of put this off Right. My husband is also a year and a half younger than me. Okay. So for him, it was kind of like, well, I'm still 30, you know, (laughs) and I'm going, I'm 32, I'm 33, you know, we got to figure this out. And so that was kind of his mentality coming into the the topic of infertility and starting to peel that back. Mm. For me as a woman, I think... In the beginning, I think I was kind of on the same vein. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we still have time. Right. It wasn't until I hit my 30s. Wow. And as much as I hate to admit it, <laughs> but turning 30 was like a pivotal transition time for me. Wow. And it was kind of like an alarm went off of like, I need to have kids. Yeah. I need to start. You know, like your thirties was when I started having back pain, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, how am I supposed to chase after children having this back pain? Um, so for me, it was like a sense of, wow, I might not ever, you know, pregnancy and being pregnant and carrying a child is so, such a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through a whole psychologically mourning process Mm. of when people are like, you know, when you feel that first kick Mm. in your stomach from your child, I'm, I might never, ever say, I know what that means. 
going through cravings or wearing cute maternity clothes, you know, <laughs> all that getting to park at a parking space, at a shopping space that says, you know, for, uh, for pregnant moms, you know, th- those little things that you think, um, will eventually happen for you. Right. You grieve that loss, that ability to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every couple talks about like, oh, you know, when we have kids, what are they going to look like? Mm-hmm. Are they going to have your nose? Or are they going to have your eyes? Mm-hmm. We had to go through this whole conversation and to release those types of assumptions right. about our child. We had to release that physically. We had to physically talk about it. We had to mentally and spiritually say that might never happen for us. Mm-hmm. And you go through that morning kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, you know, for women, I think we have a natural uh, God-given kind of ability to bond with children, to love children, to care for children in a very natural way. Not everybody has that, but I think a majority of us. And so we we yearn for that ability to to have children because it is an innately given gift mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. The motherly instincts that They're, are there naturally. Yes, yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. You, I would stand in line to get a, a coffee, you know, and you look at children and you just melt. You're just <laughs> yes. like, they're so adorable. <laughs> and you just want to snatch them and take them home with you. That didn't happen for my husband. Mm. That didn't happen for my husband. It did for me when that kind of alarm went off. Right. And so, so I had to release that. I had to go through a whole morning period of, okay, I might never be pregnant. Mm. I might never be pregnant. And I needed to be okay with that spiritually, mentally, physically. I needed to let that go. Mm-hmm. And it took probably a year for me to really wow. wrap my mind around that. And then it took me a whole nother step because my, my friends were all having kids mm. very easily. You know, you know, they were on to their second, third children. Oh, wow. Child. And... I found myself not being able to be excited for them Mm. selfishly. I felt very selfish. And I found myself not being able to go to baby showers. Mm. I couldn't go to baby showers because I was either surrounded by pregnant women Mm. or women that had children. Mm. And I remember there was one baby shower that really upset me. And... I cried driving home and I called Steve and I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't go to another baby shower. Mm -hmm. I can't celebrate my friends. And I want, I've always been really proud of myself of being very genuine with my friends and very open and very honest with my friends. Mm -hmm. And how could I tell my friend, I'm not happy for you. I couldn't be fully genuinely. I mean, I was happy for her. I was happy for my friends that were having children but I couldn't relate to them. Mm-hmm. We were in different stages of our lives. Mm-hmm. I was going through this, this, you know, whole infertility mental kind of situation, you know, mentally and, and psychologically kind of situation. And I couldn't genuinely celebrate for them. And so I had to make the painful decision of saying, I will no longer go to any baby showers. Wow. And that was very painful for me. 
And did you think that it was going to be that type of process of, I'm actually grieving something that I never thought I could not have? No, no. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it just wasn't talked about in my community, in my family. Mm -hmm. It was not a topic that women talked about openly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I'm such an open book about my infertility, because I think more people need to hear that it is normal Mm -hmm. that you feel like your body is betraying you. Mm -hmm. It is normal that you feel not up to go to a baby shower. It is normal to feel a little bit jealous that your friends are able to look at their children and see a reflection of themselves back. Yeah. It is all normal Mm -hmm. and it is okay to go through those emotions and loophole like psychological hoops it is normal to feel all those things it is unhealthy to stay in that space Mm -hmm. and pity yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think that you know thank and again thank god for my faith in my religion Mm. to pull me out of it and say there has to be i'm i'm being called for something else mm-hmm. and that something else is also good and that all that something else is also beautiful and my worth is not placed on my ability to have children or not mm-hmm. my worth is placed on how i express that innate love for children in other ways mhm and other children, my cousins who are younger, they needed me to be there for them. Right. Uh, my godchildren, they needed me to be there for them. Mm-hmm. So I was able to be a spiritual mother mm-hmm. to these other children that needed me. And that was the conclusion. And that was what I landed on. And it gave me a lot of peace mm-hmm. to move forward. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to stay in the self-pitying, the self-loathing kind of space because that's very debilitating. It is. It is. Yeah. And finding that difference too, right? You're saying it is valid to feel these things, Mm -hmm. but not staying there because it can just drain you. Mm -hmm. It's very debilitating. And I knew that I knew very deep down that I was meant to be a mother. I it was just not going to be the conventional way. Right. Just not. Yeah. And, and, you know, my husband and I had always been open to adoption from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But getting to the point, adoption is so difficult. And that that's going to have to be another huge podcast of how mm-hmm. the adoption path that we took and the, the ups and downs of that, mm-hmm. the, of that situation. But, um, you know, it took, it, it took my husband to wrap to wrap his mind around adoption, mm-hmm. and it took for me it was a bit shorter because we, like I said, I've always been open to children in any 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 capacity. I just thought I was going to have biological children first, right, and then right. adopt a whole slew of kids afterwards. <laughs> you know, after I don't want to give birth anymore. Um, but it just it just so happens that we adopted Max. Yeah, you know, and it happened very quickly, and that's just what I was meant to do. Right, and I'm so thrilled about that i don't know how people can go to childbirth <laughs> i can barely deal with cramps so maybe that's just what you know my body's way of saying you would not have survived 
good. Oh, so um, yeah, and now I get to be an adopted mother mm-hmm. to little Max. And it's is, huge. It's huge. huge. Yeah. <laughs> to see your process too, like even for us, you know, here as a team, seeing, yeah. hearing the news, like this is a possibility mm-hmm. to, you know, waiting for him to be born. And yes. then the first few weeks of his, yeah. you know, being <laughs> in the world, we're just also elated with yeah. that process and just your vulnerability with us, you know, because it's something that is not easy to talk about um it's not you know even just mentioning like i don't want to go to the baby shower yeah you know i mean that's huge women i'm sure Mm -hmm. feel the same way and are struggling with those inner conflicts of Mm -hmm. do i go do i not go what do Mm -hmm. i say you know so it just yeah it's it's amazing that you've just going through this process you know and letting yourself be that advocate for Mm -hmm. women that probably don't know how to talk about it mm-hmm. or, you know, want to. Yeah. There's such a cell, there's such a sense of like, why is my body betraying me? Mm-hmm. Because our, you know, as women, we were made to have children. Right. That's biologically what our body is created to do, um, which is such a gift. And you go through this, like, why is it not happening? Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends that always joke about that. You know, I have friends that have a ton of kids. They always joke like my husband and I drink out of the same cup and I get pregnant. You know, (laughs) it's so easy for them. And here I am yearning for this child that I can't create inside of me. Right. And so so the the mental part of it was one thing. And then it was the physical part that was also very difficult because Mm -hmm. the medical world is just not open to taking its time to help you figure out why you're infertile. Mm. That I think that was another really frustrating piece to it because every time I went to the doctors and I've been through at least five doctors for my infertility, Mm. the first few always just wanted to put a band-aid over it wow always poked and prodded me you know for blood tests for all these things and when it didn't fit into the first three tries or first three diagnoses they just said well why don't you just do ivf or why, why don't you just do surrogacy and I think, I think that's such a cop-out answer for, for me at least, mm-hmm. because I wanted to know why physically I cannot have children. Mm-hmm. I felt like when they offered these sol- quote-unquote solutions for having children, it still didn't peel back the layers of like what's really wrong what's the real issue Mm -hmm. and so i was left with so many unanswered questions and was very dismissed by these doctors that were supposed to help navigate with me through this issue Mm -hmm. and 
I felt very betrayed. I felt very overlooked. I had doctors and nurse practitioners and who, who, you know, whoever that was in my appointment that day, I've had them say things like, wow, beggars can be choosers because I didn't want to do what they wanted me to do. Wow. Yet we're told so many times you are your best advocate when it comes to your health. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. in that regard. Yeah. And in, you know, I'm a very loud, vocal, opinionated, <laughs> pretty strong, you know, kind of personality kind of person. But when it came to my issues of infertility and when I was so vulnerable mm. sitting in that exam room, you know, looking for answers from this professional, I was able to feel a bit of what my pa- of what our patients go through sometimes mm-hmm. that come through 3W when they've been dismissed when they've been overlooked when they've been intimidated or told that their health and what they know innately mm-hmm. are certain issues that are going on with their bodies and a medical professional telling them push all of that aside your intuition about your body is wrong mm-hmm you know, so I, I had to take a step back and say, no, no more. No, I am not going to be talked to this way and I'm not going to be treated this way. I know something is wrong with my reproduction, mm-hmm. obviously, because I can't have children, but there are other things to it and I want to know. And so I had to leave those doctors behind. Mm-hmm. I had to say, you treated me poorly and you pushed your own ideology on me mm-hmm. when I've told you time and time again, those other options are not an option for me. I need you to respect my values. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I was able to get to a medical professional that heard me, but I had to go through at least four or five of them to find this one person mm. that honored where I wanted to be. And say, I'm willing to take it slow. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for a fast solution. I just want to know what's wrong. Right. And I, that's so valid because that's something we value here at 3W. Yes. Learning, educating ourselves on mm-hmm. why yes. we have certain symptoms or why we experience certain things. Mm-hmm. Like it's huge. Yeah. And in that vulnerability, you just feel so helpless mm-hmm. to this person that's the professional in the room. Right. And it took me you know, a couple of years to finally get the courage to say, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not it. Right. Move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I need, it's like, I need you to slow down and I need you. I'm willing to fork out the freaking money. That's not the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is you're not listening. Yeah. And I need you to slow down and be an advocate with me, partner with me. Right. In my healthcare, not shove, a quick solution that makes you a money right. down my throat. That says some, a lot, right? You're saying your personality enables you to feel like, no, I'm going to push back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask again. I mean, I think of all those women that don't have the courage yeah. to say, you know what? I don't feel that's correct or I right. don't feel like that's the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder myself too, you know, 
learning about your experience, like what if I also, you mm-hmm. know, like what if that was a scenario for me? How would I react? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure all our listeners too, you know, mm-hmm. some that have experienced infertility or maybe they don't even know they're infertile. Yeah. You know, that's the big thing. We yes. all assume as we're young adults, we're like, okay, when yeah, the time comes, it's happened. It'll right? happen. But then yeah. when it doesn't happen, I know this is kind of a side topic, but there's this movie called what to expect when you're expecting. I don't know if you've seen it. I watched it. I think it was in January and it was, I had never seen it before, but it gave three different couples Mm. journey to finding out they were expecting. Mm -hmm. One found out they were infertile. Mm -hmm. Another was a young couple that found out they were pregnant and it ended up miscarrying. Mm. And then another couple that was also having difficulty, but ended up getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. But it was such an eye-opener because it was giving three scenarios Mm -hmm. on three different couples' experiences with either being able to Mm -hmm. or not being able to, you know? And of course, it was like a rom-com, but Mm -hmm. it was a very touching movie at the same time because it really did show, Mm -hmm. you know, those experiences and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just it just points out a lot, like you're saying, all those points that we don't think to ask right. about, especially when we're when it regards to our health. Yeah. Particularly our reproductive health. Yeah. You know, because yeah, we could pop out kids, but we couldn't at the same time. Yeah. You know, and it's mm-hmm. that going there, kind of like your husband, right? Where at the beginning you thought, okay, yes, adoption is definitely Mm -hmm. Uh, something we want for our family. Mm -hmm. But when you actually came with the reality of like, oh, this is actually the route we might be going in. Yes. You know, that's, that's something. It's a mind shift. It is. It is. When you think you have A, B and C choices Mm -hmm. to take first, and then A and B is no longer on the table. You go, why am I left with this? Mm -hmm. You know? And so that had to take a shift of, again, mentally, we had to take a shift of looking at that as, this is what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. We need to embrace it and embrace it joyfully. Because I've always been very open and honest and about my infertility. We, I knew that a person that values human dignity, a person that values children, a person that values women and their ability to have children, I need to embrace this option that's on the table for me joyfully Mm. that had to be a very intentional decision and not uh you know like oh people always people look at me and they're like oh my gosh it's so brave of you to adopt that wasn't that 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 wasn't the case it wasn't about being brave it was like i needed to say yes to it Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. it was presented to me and i had the choice to say no or yes to it and but i also had to have a a certain attitude about it too. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, through, through the medical part of it and then through the, the, my own emotional, you know, mental approach to it and and spiritual approach to it and all of that stuff, you know, there were so many people that had so many different opinions about it as well, Mm. which was very interesting, you know, more and more, People are dealing with infertility these days, more so than in my parents' age, apparently. It must be something in the air, the water, or the food we're drinking or eating yeah. and stuff like that. So there's that. People are also getting married later. Mm-hmm. 
So there's, you know, structurally, societally, there isn't a lot of weight placed on having children earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, all of that needs to be a balance. And that's a completely side topic that we can talk about on another podcast. But mm-hmm. I would get comments from people that were very insensitive during my time of infertility mm-hmm. or my time of infertility now, but very insensitive comments like, are you guys trying hard enough? Do you guys know what you're doing? Oh my goodness. It must be because you're working too much. Stress. Stress. You're thinking about it too much. You need to just let go. Have you prayed hard enough about it? (laughs) I mean, like, so, you know, are you contracepting? You know, a lot of very personal, pretty, pretty hurtful comments that I think we as a community needs to be a little bit more well-educated on how to approach couples that you've seen that have gotten married but don't have children yet. Right. What are they really dealing with and how to gently say, you know, how, how are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Because they might be going through a lot of like marital problems. Right. That is not a good time to have children that a child might make it worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you don't really know what people are going through and not rushing through certain assumptions or conclusions that they must be doing something wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there were a lot of hurtful comments that we had to shield ourselves from along the way as well. Mm-hmm. which was another interesting dynamic. Sure. When it comes to reproduction, it just seems like everyone has, everybody gets like some free pass to make a comment about it. And it's just kind of like, you you really don't. Mm-hmm. You, re- you really don't. And you really need to approach it from a way more sensitive standpoint and to allow the person that's going through it to say, you know, y- you're safe to talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please, please let me know how I can how I can be a support to you versus hindering that conversation. And I think that's why a lot of people don't talk about infertility, right? Because they just feel judged, yeah, that they're doing something wrong when they already feel that they're doing something wrong, right? Because their body's not responding, yeah, and all of it is so out of their control, yeah. Wow. Oh, Helen, this so, yeah. has been this has been such an amazing. Well, just hearing your experience, hearing your experience. And I think it's going to help a lot of women and men as well, because it's not just your experience, but also your husband's experience yeah. with this infertility. Yeah. You know, it'll be cool doing a podcast with him. One of with these his days. perspective. Yeah. It would be super <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. We should definitely do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I think, yeah, their, their experiences, I'm sure very different too. Yeah. And it is um, valid. And Men very bad too. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for this time that you've had with me. Yeah. Sharing your, your story and thank you to all our listeners. And I hope that this is helpful yes. and encouraging. Would you, you know, want to offer any last thoughts for our listeners on this? Yeah. If, you know, if our listeners out there, if you're going through infertility, if you're going through a hard time conceiving, please, I'm an open book. So if I can be of any help or if I can help you walk through that stage that you're at, please email me. Please Mm -hmm. reach out to 3W. 
because we're here for you. Yes. And we want to honor and provide the space for you to grieve, rejoice, navigate whatever it is that you're, um, whatever stage that you're at right now, you are so not alone. Mm-hmm. Been, I've been dealing with it and continue to deal with it probably for the rest of my life. And it's, and it's going to be okay. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yes. And infertility doesn't mean it's the end of something. It could be the beginning to something really, really great. Yes. And I have a baby now yes. to tell you it's pretty freaking great. So. <laughs> yes. Well, awesome, Helen. Thank you so much. And thanks to all our listeners. Stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you. Thank you. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you liked this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay healthy and be well.